Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast. I'm Stetson. And I'm Gabe. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about quick news, introducing a new segment called Pitch Me the Cons, and talking about what gear you need to get started on YouTube. Yeah, it's a jam-packed episode. It's the third episode. Three's the lucky number, right? So, Yeah, lot to look forward yeah. to here. Uh, we're going to get right started, get started fast, to get quick started, quick started into quick news. That was a quick, like, yeah, a lot that of was quick. Not a very good intro. Fast things happening. We still are not creating an intro. I refuse because it is such a quick segment. It's over so quick that you. Okay, the intro is before... getting longer than the segment. All right, <laughs> oh here we go. Okay, yeah. First thing is the electrification of the Ford F one fifty. Now, if you don't know what the Ford F one fifty is, that's a very popular. Prob- probably not from the United States. Yeah, most likely not from the United States. But the Ford F one fifty is their most popular selling pickup truck. And in fact, trucks are one of the most popular selling vehicle types in the U.S. Americans love their trucks. Yeah, I mean, especially now the gas isn't too high. They say that we sell 270, 270 sorry, pickup trucks every hour, and that's 6,500 a day in the U.S. That's amazing. Of just overall pickup trucks. And, and these are like vehicles, something yes. people keep typically for a you long know, period of time. Starting at like $30,000 and upwards. That's amazing. Um, specifically talking about the Ford F-Series model line, they have sold 900,000 in the last year, and in the past 60 years, over 40 million F-150s. Wow. So the fact that Ford is considering you know, pushing out an electric version of this vehicle is a huge thing. I mean, Tesla talks about, oh, we did you know, 7,000 vehicles in a week they produce. That's a big milestone, but this is selling tons and tons more than what Tesla is even doing. So the fact that Ford, you know, huge automaker, is considering doing this is... That, yeah. I mean, that's huge. And and how do you think truck drivers are going to take this? I've seen on Reddit, I follow the R Tesla subreddit, yeah. and icing is is huge. It's an issue where um, most commonly truck drivers will park in designated electric vehicle charging stations. How do you think they're going to react to an electric truck? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the big that's the big question up there. I know though there's also another trend of called coal rolling, where they literally they will enrich their gas mixture so much that basically the fuel... Uh, doesn't get burnt and it's spitting out as like black smog out of the tailpipe. Oh. And, th- you know, they love to do those in front of people like that are driving Priuses and stuff like that uh, and just douse them in some nice quick covered uh, like smog, you know. That's it's an interesting culture. Um, I think this truck will sell well, I think, when people look at the specs and like what kind of performance it's the, able Yeah, to, the big thing is there out. is actually some good performance things. Like they're going to put a motor on each wheel so that means that you can have really good torque on each wheel independently without having um all that excess drivetrain weight in between yeah and and instant torque is something people love about electric cars yeah well let's not talk about too much more on that because it is quick news quick news quick news on the topic of battery powered electronics energizer company you probably know for their batteries they make batteries right right? yeah that's what they do Mm -hmm. no they make phones what dun 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 right that's a shamalot twist right there yeah i saw this news article too that they are about to debut 26 new phones at mobile world congress which is coming up uh in february i think yeah coming yeah. up sometime soon yeah and there's a lot going on here so uh this article brought to you by the verge they're making phones with 18,000 milliamp hour batteries foldable displays and pop-up cameras it's like Energizer took the last two years, or, or even the last year, of popular phone trends, 
consolidated that and is just like spitting out a yeah, ton of kind phones. of like it's kind of like it was a computer algorithm that looked through all the popular articles on phones pick the most popular keywords and features and then just said all right let's make a phone for each of those yep, and this is what's happening and and now energizer will be covered in all those articles and yeah i don't know if these are going to be very popular they are all android phones uh which is doesn't mean they're not going to be popular but they're also a little cheaper phones so I don't know. It should be interesting. They don't really have that brand recognition for smartphones. Yeah, I I think these will be popular more so outside the U.S., I want to say. I think until they're covered by some of the major tech reviewers um, or or other people or they're even in phones, like in stores, excuse me, if they're in a Verizon store or they're in a Sprint store or T-Mobile store, maybe they'll gain some more popularity. That's going to be key, especially getting them in stores so that carriers are pushing them. And and carriers are are taking them. But um, until that happens, Energizer's just, they're a battery company. They're they're not known for phones. But I guess that's one way to market that 1,800 milliamp hour battery. Tired of your phone dying? Well, we've been making batteries for about ever. (laughs) It's true. It's an interesting perspective. I'm curious to see how that pans out. Moving on to... Yeah, and moving on to something from Apple, not the iPhone, AirPods 2. Uh, this has been a popular topic throughout. We've, pre- I think we've mentioned them in every episode, some sort of rumor about them. Uh, this is true. And in this episode, we're talking about AirPods bringing a Hey Siri support. Yeah. So uh, this was actually revealed in iOS 12.2. There was a setup screenshot that included a interface for the rumored AirPods 2 and a Hey Siri setup screen. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, we, we knew that was going to come as a feature, I think. Now this is just definitely concreting it and cementing it. Yeah. Concreting it. People don't say that. Nope. Say you c- do. Cementing it. But it's the same thing, kind of, isn't it? I'm I don't sure. think concreting Let's just get into okay. a little bit specifics about what cement and concrete. It's actually a 40% blend of uh, gravel, and it, it is something about that. I don't know. Okay. But honestly, yeah, getting back to that, AirPods 2... I think this is really cool because it's basically integrating the whole smart speaker thing into a personalized headphone. Yeah, I think it'll be really great. And as an Apple Watch user, having to pick the watch up and it doesn't work all the time. It's finicky. It doesn't hear very well. I think this will be really great. And I hope they're able to also improve the audio quality and um, make it a, a really great product. Yeah, and we're likely to see those coming out, I'm guessing, probably sometimes in March because that's when they like to do their releases. And it will likely be bundled all together with the new cheaper iPads, the new uh, iPod Touch that, ooh, ooh. there's a new iPod Touch, right? You thought they were going to discontinue that? No, it's still coming. And also the possibly the air power charging mats. Yep. So that'll be something to look forward to yep. as well. Mark that on your calendar. March. The Ides of March. Et tu, Brutus? Go. Stabbed me with the new iPod Touch coming from Apple this March. I don't know. Anyways. Quick news, quick news, quick news. Moving on, we have a, this is huge, social media-wise. Vine is coming back in the form of Byte. So, Wait, can you say that again? Because that yeah. was about six seconds. Yeah, Vine is coming back in the form of Byte. Vine is coming back in the, yeah, I was just trying to do it like a Vine that keeps looping, you know. Okay, okay. Right. Yeah, that, I, I didn't really use the it platform. It doesn't play well over audio since Vine was a visual uh, medium so mm, this is true they're well known for their memes on youtube you can find them there uh but what happened is one of the original creators don hoffman is working to bring this revival of six second videos yeah i think it's a big thing um i think it might be a little late because i don't know if you're familiar with the app or platform tiktok that has kind of taken over that sort of meme-generated uh, viral, like, looping video style. 
off. So, I mean, maybe it'll come back, but I think it they might be a little bit too late. Let Vine die. Let it live on in those YouTube compilations. Yeah. Uh, were you a big Vine user? I was a big Vine user in about the nine months before it ended. So, yeah. Okay. That was, that was really super fun for me. Um, but, yeah, I think it's... They should just, you know... There may be a lot of it, hurdles. It, 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 I think it, it bit the dust, right? <laughs> yeah. Bite. It bite. Bit, it's right. about to bite the dust. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, on a similar note. Wait, give me a second. Okay. Quick news, quick news, quick news. There we go. Similar note. Uh, social media Facebook now ha has plans to integrate WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook Messenger. And don't be worried. This is not merging all the applications into one app. Instead, it's taking all the back-end elements and components and creating one single infrastructure to support all the messaging services and platforms Facebook has to offer. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I'm ultimately, it's going to really take a while to see what it actually turns out as because it's supposed to be towards the end of this year, uh, in like quarter three or four of 2018. So really seeing how they implement it. Um, the UI and the, just the whole like flow of how you go from one app to the other, that's going to be interesting. But I've been really overall pretty satisfied with so far, like the merging between Instagram and Facebook, for example, so that you have Instagram stories that are on Facebook. That's pretty cool. It's annoying when they have like three different versions of the same thing and you know, it's the same company. So yeah, if they can do it right and not, you know, violate people's privacy too much, that'd be good. Yeah. Um, and I think it'll be really helpful for them just being able to get everything on one uh, platform on the back end. Yeah. And yeah, streamline it and make it easier to use, hopefully. So now, and this, this is still quick news, quick news, quick news, but we're moving on to some new products that were launched. Uh, the first I'm going to talk about is the Sennheiser just released some new wireless microphones. Their, their line is called very catchingly or like really, really easy to remember. It's called the S XSW line. So wait, what, what was that? XSW. <laughs> okay. I, I, I almost forgot it between saying it the first time and saying it the second time. That's how memorable it is. But basically they're a digital uh, wireless solution for audio, kind of like the Rode uh, wireless, you know, filmmaker kits or stuff like that. However, they're actually $50 cheaper uh, than the Rode wireless lav kit. So $350 for a lav kit. Uh, and they are a lot smaller and a lot better designed. They have USB-C charging and they also come in XLR, one quarter inch and 35 millimeter inch variety. So, you know, whatever you need to plug it into, you can get that version of the receiver or transmitter and it works perfectly. I can see these being very popular with YouTubers and other creators. Are, are, do you see yourself picking up a pair of these? I mean, you know, I like to have redundancy. Um, I have about a thousand pairs of headphones, but I think for the time being, I'm probably good with my road link. Uh, we'll see though. Um, if reviews come out positive, I could be picking it up very quickly. Yeah. Uh, moving on, we have Panasonic introducing the new S1 and S1R full-frame cameras. This is really exciting to see from Panasonic. What we have here, 4K at 60 frames per second, 10-bit color, which is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, there are a few quirks and compromises, which is a little weird. So uh, you will get a 1.8. 09 times crop while recording at 4k 60 with the s1r and um you get a also a bigger crop on the s1 and with the s1r you do get pixel bending which is unfortunate but well, on the s1 pixel binning right bending yeah excuse me uh, i thought you said bending yeah uh, 
I didn't think you could bend a pixel. What you can now. You can now. We're making it a thing. Um, I already got that uh, username on Twitter, Pixel Bending. It's actually <laughs> a pretty good one, honestly. That's yeah, interesting concept. Uh, they also have, of course, the paid software updates. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I mean, I think we've seen them do it before with the GH5 and GH5S. They've had it in you know whatever their newest release of software, whether it's you know four two ten bit uh, video for the GH5S. I think. Uh, so it's something that Panasonic likes to do. I'm not a big fan of it, but if that's what they got to do, the I mean, it's pretty enticing that the S1, which is the one that's geared more towards video uh, than the higher priced uh, S1R, that one starts the S1 starts at 2,500 with no lens, body only, and that's that's you know pretty competitive against other mirrorless cameras on the market for full frame. Yeah, it's reasonable, and I mean, but how do you feel charging, basically advertising the product as being able to do these things, and then having to charge extra? to actually get that update. Yeah, it's not the best business model, I think, but people are ultimately gonna pay for it. You know, if you want it, it's a way to lower the price for people who don't want it and people who do want it are, you know, if you want 422, 10-bit, 60, you're obviously doing a lot higher production value stuff and have the extra change to throw around. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, um, and the last thing of quick news, quick news, quick news, is kind of a new release, but it's GoPro actually expanded their plus a subscription service which is you might not even know about it i actually personally don't use it because it's more for you know your average uh consumer and like kind of leisurely creator who just wants to you know film their vacation but it's a pretty enticing thing for 4.99 a month you now get unlimited video uploads at full re full resolution it used to be i think 250 gigabytes at like downgraded uh resolution which you don't want that you want, you don't want that max resolution that good quality uh, but also with GoPro Plus, you get 50% off all the mounts and accessories and also a break it, we replace it guarantee. So if you break your GoPro, they'll ship you a new one. Like that's pretty awesome. So if you're really, you know, if you love GoPros and you use them all the time, this is, uh, yeah, and you don't like editing your videos, this is a good thing for you. That, yeah, that's fascinating. You said, what, five bucks a month? Somewhere? Five bucks a month, yeah. That's so overall, 60 a year. 60 a year. That's like Xbox Live. Yeah, and, and if you break a GoPro, you know, that's now the GoPro Black $400. That's, you know, yeah, that's that seems like a great yeah. deal. Um, some wonderful new features to see with that. And yeah, and automatically backs up from the camera. It connects to your Wi-Fi and can upload it right to there. To oh, the wow. Cloud. That's yeah. huge convenience. Yeah. yeah, I can definitely see people going for that. Yeah, so that's quick news. Uh, we'll have some more quick news next time coming to you quickly. Uh, and it's actually not very quick, so it's an ironically named segment, but you get it. It's fun. That's it. All right. Now the new segment we have. Stetson. This This is really exciting. So this is an idea pitch me the cons or we're gonna be well, can you pitch me the cons like pitch me the cons would be <laughs> i don't know if i can do I'm that putting you on the spot putting me on the spot uh it's a segment where we i i got it i think it's a segment where us the podcasters get to have a lot more fun probably than you the listeners by doing something that is really kind of just a something i kind of sleep dreamed up while i was half awake half asleep one time after eating a pizza so you know i was having those kind of weird sort of dreams and i thought of this when i was like well what if steve jobs like misplaced his script and instead of like having all the positive things you know accidentally pitched all the negative things that they're like we have to hide this from the press about the iphone what would it have been well that's what this is going to be basically yeah and so we we each picked products yeah one well one pro we're only using one product per episode okay because we want to pace ourselves and we don't want to overload you with too much uh, horrible, worthless filler content that we've just created. No. But yeah, we each picked one product, and we're going to pitch it to each other without telling the other what it is, yeah, and I, without I telling no you what it is. 
So you can kind of, as we pitch it, you can try to figure out what it is. See if you can guess. Do you want to go first? Or? Uh, yeah, I, I can. I have a really uh, horrible product right. lined up for you. Um, uh, it's a kind of a laptop, I guess you could say. So you can kind of think of that realm. Uh, but you can't use this laptop on your lap. And this is a great feature because it forces you to find an appropriate workspace where you can really sit down and get your work done. Of course, if you're on a train or something where your lap is all you got, you don't want to be doing work there. So that's a really cool feature. Uh, it, it has some wonderful Bluetooth pairing issues where you'll have your devices disconnecting. Um, and that's great if you're listening to music. It adds in a, a new kind of vibe where, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. It's a thrill of listening. Um, it isn't running a normal operating system. So you, you don't really get your full desktop applications um, but it's, it's also, you can use Android apps. So it's kind of like a phone in, in that sense, but, but you don't get your, so you get mobile optimized apps, but it's kind of a computer. Like, okay. That just feels weird. Ooh, this is a quote from a Marquez Brownlee review. Uh, it is, uh, lag city population, this product, uh, it's chunky, it's expensive and, um, it's from one of the biggest companies in the United States. We were expecting more. Uh, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I was originally thinking, I was definitely, I know it's a tablet, like crossover of some kind. Okay, yeah. I'm thinking, you said in the United States, so I was originally thinking it was possibly a Samsung one, but now I'm thinking it's a Microsoft product, so maybe, I don't know, Microsoft Surface? Uh, you're, you're getting closer. Um, this is from a, if you're going to look something up. You want to Google. look up? Yeah. Oh, is it a Chromebook? This is the Pixel Slate. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, when I was said Microsoft Surface, I was forgot you said that whole part of Android. Yeah. The Pixel Slate. Yes. Ah. Uh, yep. That's a. That's a. That's a. That's an easy one to lambast. It's yeah. It so and with the iPad starting at three hundred twenty nine dollars for the basic one, and you want to go pro for eight hundred, the Pixel Slate really feels like a questionable product from Google. Especially yeah. the baseline one, it comes with a Celeron processor, and um, some of the reviewers have really complained about the speed and performance of that particular model. Well, it's running. Uh, it's running. Is it running Android or is it? it actually... It's like a version of Android. It's Chrome OS. Yeah, but it runs Android apps. So the thing is, isn't that Chrome OS is supposed to be very light, right? So yeah, you would like, think. Why would this be lagging so much? I I think it needs further optimization and software updates, and yeah. you know that's definitely something that we can look forward to. Mm -hmm. But as it stands right now, it's um, an attempt from Google that was uh, swinging a miss. All right. So wow, that was that was the first one. I think that was pretty good. I think I can do it better. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your pitch, Gabe. There, what what product do you have? I'm, I'm tempted to because I'm editing the podcast. I'm tempted to put in some applause and stuff for me, but I'll hold off on that, and the, you, the listener, can just imagine that or do it yourself. You know, if you want to applaud for me because I'm just pitching that product so well, do it. But all right, let's just moment of silence, please. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Today we are here at the uh, Gabe Shakur little uh, kind of pitch together studios to introduce a brand new product. Now this product is at times gonna pretend like it's a computer. Like for example, with pricing, you're gonna pay over $1,300 for 512 gigabytes, including the keyboard as well. But guess what? Unlike that laptop, 
which has the nice setup where you have that touchpad down so you can rest your hands while touching the keyboard as well. You're going to have to lift your arm all the way up to the screen if you want to do some mouse-like gestures, and you're going to get some serious arm fatigue, plus not to mention a ton of smudges on that screen. Can you can, can I hear an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Yeah, there we go. Also, guess what? You think you're getting a full computer, but no, like I said, we're giving you that computer-like pricing with the mobile-like uh, com uh, completely focused operating system and limited functionality. So yeah, maybe Adobe products, we say that they're going to be awesome with the advertising. So yeah, you're going to see these great ads that we're going to release that are going to show how many things you can do. You can film a whole Hollywood movie on this. You can do your research along the coast of Australia or wherever. You're going to do amazing stuff with it in our ads. But in reality, it's essentially just going to be a hugely overpriced entertainment display. And guess what? Accessories that are included with this? Yeah, you're going to be blown away. A one meter charging cord. So you can be limited to one meter from the nearest outlet. And guess what? You're not going to be there for only a short time because we're only including an 18 watt USB adapter. So you will be insured to be standing next to that wall outlet or wherever you're plugging in at a one meter radius for several hours while you're using that device. Okay, but also we, I'm not gonna lie, we are gonna have accessories you can buy after for about 50 to $60 to get those accessories. Yeah, if you wanna get a new faster charger, drop that extra cheddar, send it our way, we'll gladly take it in. All in all, you're gonna be spending an extra 200 to $300 probably to get this all completely outfitted with the stuff that makes it actually usable. But in all in all, you're going to be not doing much of the stuff that you actually intended, and you're just going to be using it for watching YouTube, Hulu, and Netflix stuff. And here's the best part. <gasps> I can hear the audience <gasps> gasping. Yeah, there. Thank you. Thank you for the gasps. You could be getting a much cheaper version of this product for literally three to four times less of the price. $329 starting at the cheaper version, but we're going to advertise for you to get the more expensive one and we're going to convince you through the look of it and through the ads that we put out and the overall feel of the product, you're going to feel like that more expensive product is the one for you. But in reality, you should really just stick with the cheaper one because YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, and all the little simple games that you run while going to the bathroom are going to run just fine on that cheaper product. Thank you very much, everyone. Woo! Yeah. All right, now I'm pretty sure you know what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, let me just pull this out of my backpack. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wow, the yeah. iPad Pro, rich shots fired. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I know. I'm sorry. I know that you own it and you like it. And I'm sure there are a lot of people that love this product and do actually use it like a pro device, but it is so limited in functionality. Yeah, you know, I'd have it with me, but it the one meter cable just doesn't reach over right, here. Exactly. And the fact that you're using your MacBook. It seems like if you try to do something like a pro task, you know, even if it's like posting something to your website, you might, yeah, you can write it in Google Docs on your device, but then eventually you're going to have to go to your MacBook or, you know, actual computer to end up you know, like really using it and doing the stuff that you need to do. It's, <clears throat> excuse me, it's so true. Yeah. It's so true. The iPad is just so limited in functionality. And what I would love to see from Apple is a more powerful OS even doing something like having two browser windows side by side and yeah. it's just a hassle and a half if they could add mouse support that would be awesome if yeah i think it's ultimately i mean and you can probably agree with this it's a great hardware but it's really the software that it is the software yeah. and i've heard like it's matching macbook pro in some performance levels yeah. uh, and for certain tasks and 
in certain instances, it is great for creatives, like having that pencil, being able to create or draw art. And I'm sure with some of the Adobe apps coming soon, it'll be awesome. But yeah. Oh, yeah. there's definitely there's definitely certain people that it is a good thing for, but like I was saying, ninety nine percent of the people yep. are not gonna need all those features and could be just fine with the lower priced iPad or iPad mini even. Yep, absolutely. And that still will support the Apple pencil. Right. So, yeah, yeah. They they keep they add, keep it's like how many different reasons can we give you to buy the cheap one but still make you buy the iPad Pro? Yeah, unbelievable. Um yeah. and it's fascinating we both chose. I know, I was gonna say that too. It kind of speaks overall to like how easily and how yeah it is to attack this like tablet tablet crossover segment it hasn't figured itself out yet and it's really yeah i mean it's it seems when did they release the ipad like 2011 2012 something like that and it's it we thought you know all right but maybe the third or fourth gen they'd get it right and it's like they keep trying and it's like ultimately i think i mean if i ever got an ipad which i'm thinking once they release these new cheap ones uh, to get one, it's really just for me a entertainment device, you know, something yeah. to watch YouTube on, something to. I think it really needs to. They need to rethink the software for the higher end pro devices yeah. for people to really be able to take advantage of it. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah, well, that was uh, pitch me the cons. I think that was a good. That was fun. I really liked your keynote presentation. Yeah, style. I went. I went a little more like dramatic and for flair. Yeah, you had you had more specs and stuff, but that's when they do those keynotes. They're not. They're really. Right. I mean, they they bring out that one guy and they're like all right now let's talk about the specs quick and then he's like all right get back behind your curtain nerd we're talking about the, <laughs> talking about this chromey finish and uh just how big that screen is it's matte black yeah, yeah. that's oh. right you want it it's yeah. matte black yeah and you have to pay six times the price for that color. Retina display <laughs> yeah. oh yeah love the keynotes gotta say apple thank you for that creation but that brings that to the end now the main part of the segment or this episode which Really, honestly, I don't know if it's going to be the main part. It's like kind of the third part. The, the tail end. Yeah. Is what gear you need nowadays to get started on YouTube. Yeah. And I, I just want to start this off. Gabe, what gear did you use to get started on YouTube? Do you remember? All right. So, I mean, I think I'll just preface this. It depends what you're getting started in a lot of it. But for yeah, me, yeah, like, but... I was getting started creating uh, music videos and um, incredible trick shots, like basketball trick shots sort of stuff so I, I my first camera was a tiny little kodak point and shoot camera i think it shot maximum 1280 by 720 so it was hd but not full hd and it was yeah it was it was awful uh and i think it, i didn't even shoot 16.9 i think it's 4.3 it shot aspect ratio so really overall horrible camera but the thing is you can't as a kid i mean i was, I was 13 i think or 14 when i started shooting with it you really can't beat that magic that you feel from being able to record something and play it back. And I think ultimately that's what people, you know, everywhere from, you know, Michael Bay, you know, the high end to down, you know, the, your beginner creators with two subscribers on their channel and putting out videos. That's the thing that's so fun is being able to record something and then, you know, all right, I want it to look this way, re-record it or add some special effects, you know, cheesy or not, or props or whatever. And yeah, you get it. So yeah, I started pretty simply. I upgraded then to, the, I think, the T4i. But, I mean, I was recording my songs on a $15 Radio Shack USB mic that I stuck um, in, like, some foam on a, in a like closet area. Like, you really, the key is, I'm sorry, I'm talking a lot here, and you're just nodding at me being good by not interrupting, uh, is that you, I think, overall, you just want to have something that works and, you know, it works basically is the key. Yeah. And you know, I kind of agree with that when I was really young, it's, yeah. it's hard as parents, like, all right, do you want to make this kind of huge investment into your kids and yep. how far are they really going to take this? 
And I think one of the best things my parents did is they got me a really cheap, terrible, um, like a camera with a flip out screen. It wasn't even oh, a camera. Yeah. It was like a camcorder. Like when yeah. we were in that era. Yeah. And I would just have that on a tripod in my basement. Um, and I made some fun home movies with it. And, and that kind of helped spur along my creativity. Yeah. And then my first real camera for me, it was actually my iPod touch oh, fourth, wow. fourth generation. Yeah. My dad and I made a tripod mount for it. Um, and that evolved into the iPhone five. And then kind of like you, I ended up getting the Canon, uh, T five. I as my first, like, all right, I should probably get a better camera kind of deal. Yeah. I think definitely it really, I I mean, going back actually even further, I, before I was actually posting on YouTube, because that's what I started with, um, the story when I was telling what I used, I mean, I remember my sister and I playing around with a mini DVD camcorder and recording like some fun like i don't know we had some crazy movies of pretending to rob our house like oh shh. like and we'd be like i'd have the camera and recording and we'd be like uh, some like comedy like hilarious sorry can you just imagine bumbling. if robbers came into your yeah. house and they were trying to record the whole thing <laughs> and you're like what are you what are you doing get out of my house do, like, wait, wait, do wait. it for the vlog we, yeah we got we got it can we do retake 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 yeah, that wasn't yeah. that wasn't it <laughs> that would be pretty actually that's a good idea for a channel sets and i think we got a new idea that's gonna work but yeah i really think Ultimately, I mean, I know we're both techies. We're both obsessed with the latest tech, the greatest tech. But when it comes down to it as a creator, yes, it's awesome to have the latest tools, you know, and the stuff that's going to give you the best resolution, you know, the best dynamic range. Uh, But ultimately, when you're starting off, sometimes just having some crude implements that can give you that quick feedback and, you know, really help you hone your craft is the way to start. Yeah. So so what do you recommend for people uh, who have they decided, all right, we really like I like making videos, I want to start my YouTube channel. What do you recommend for those people? I mean, the first thing I know it's been said before is a smartphone. Uh, So many people have smartphones. Almost everyone, I would say, has a smartphone nowadays. Definitely, they're they're expensive, but since you already have it and are using it, if you're multiple. I mean, if it's going to double for both a phone and a camera, that can be a great investment. Or if you just need it for a camera, you can, I mean, I'm huge into Swappa, right? Yeah, use smartphones uh, that are unlocked so you you don't have to get them on a carrier or you can put them on a carrier if you eventually want and, but and they're pretty cheap like you can get an iphone 7 for like 250 bucks or something like that great camera shoots 4k even going back to an iphone 6s that shoots yeah. 4k right that's amazing and i mean even if you end up getting a camera that only shoots 1080 because pixels really aren't anything but yeah uh definitely i think a smartphone is the way to start out uh long run obviously there's a lot of limitations uh, so, you know, but I know BuzzFeed, for example, they a while ago scrapped all their cameras and basically they just send out their people to shoot on smartphones and like a Joby tripod. That's amazing. I, yeah. I'd be interested to check those out. Yeah. Um, the big thing I would recommend is focusing on audio too. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter what camera you get, even if you're using an older phone. But if you get some really nice audio, that's going to make a tremendous impact on your videos. Uh, for that, I would suggest looking into the Zoom H1N. It's a very popular handy recorder. You can pair that with a lavalier microphone, like the yep. Audio Squid. Or um, even Rode has some cheaper ones. Just you know, connect right to your smartphone, possibly. Yeah, even considering that. Um, and if you wanted to consider slightly more expensive routes, the Zoom H5 or even one of the like Rode shotgun mic- microphones or, that or go Tascam. on. Or Tascam. I'm yeah. a big. I like Tascam a lot. The dr uh, 40s Personally, I think that's a better one for starting off. It's only like $150. Oh, that's good. Has two XLR inputs, uh, mics on the top. Like, yeah, I think audio, like you said, audio is a huge thing. Um, but if you are, for example, just using, you know, a simple camera and you do have a smartphone, 
uh, one of the things I know if you're doing like interview styles or like talking like uh, beauty products, you know, or tech reviews where you're sitting at a place and talking, you can easily set down your iPhone, like put it in your pocket on your shirt, put it on your desk right by you and set the voice memos recording. And that's going to be a lot better quality in a lot of cases than uh, the audio that's picked up by your camera several feet away. Yeah, that's so true. Um, and another thing is the Rode VideoMic Pro or the Shure VP83 that can actually mount on the hot shoe, depending on what you're doing, that can be really helpful as well. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Focusing on audio is a big thing and ultimately also lighting. I know it's very unsexy and like it's not enticing to be like, oh, let me spend, you know, this money that I've saved up on lighting. But lighting is a very big thing uh, when it comes to making videos, you know, shooting with an iPhone in bad condition, in good conditions, I mean, in well lit scene versus shooting on a very good camera in a horribly lit scene. Yeah, the, the very good camera might be able to compensate and make it look decent, but ultimately, you know, that iPhone is going to perform way better in a well-lit scene. And lighting can really help create a beautiful atmosphere too. Well, a beautiful atmosphere or the atmosphere you want. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, and kind of on a similar note, I spent 20, not even, like $10 for um, Philips, like 1600 lumen daylight bulbs. Yeah. And I got really cheap. The fluorescent, like coils ones? Uh, they weren't coils, they okay. were just like LED bulbs. Okay, um, yeah. And very bright, they work great. And I got like really cheap, um, I think it's Cowboy Studio stands. Yeah. And if you, if you go on Amazon, put in, uh, yeah, the, you know, like uh, lights, I think. Yeah, studio, studio lights. Studio lights, something like that. Cowboy Studio. Cowboy Studio. Um, work great, get photo, the job photo done. Photo Dicks, I think, or Photo, uh, photo Dicks, uh, D-I-X on the end, Photo Dicks. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of different ones that Lumo Studio, I think. Yeah, they're very cheap, like under a hundred dollars for two lights, and you can get them that some that hold, you know, one bulb, some that hold multiple, and yeah, they for shooting at least indoors, stationary, like setup, studio setup, those are really good because they have the umbrellas, give you a nice diffused lighting, and yeah, it really that, helps. That really helps if you're shooting yourself or a product on a table that can really make a difference. Yeah, and so I think yeah, ultimately, you know, audio is huge. But lighting is also huge to make your video good. And that's, I think we're really talking in those two things, kind of about stationary studio setups. Yeah. So if you're doing more of a cinema style shooting, you know, where you're recording, you know, your video and then editing in post, I think you can start as far as editing suites. Uh, you know, Adobe Premiere is expensive because it's a, you know, subscription. So you have to pay per month. If you're a student, you can get that student discount. But if you have a Mac, which granted, that's an expensive computer. Uh, you have you also do have iMovie built in, which is good. And if you have Windows, you know maybe like Sony Vegas, is that still around? Uh, just get a Mac, please. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're a little biased because we both have Macs. Uh, you definitely can create videos using a Windows computer. Uh, you know there are solutions out there, but we are both heavily tied into the Mac ecosystem. So if you can afford it, really. Uh, yeah, a Mac is the way to go. For and and getting iMovie for free is huge. It it will work if you want to try editing on a phone or a tablet. That's an option. Yeah. But honestly, getting an older Mac, like a 2015 MacBook Pro or something like that, um, getting iMovie is huge. It has a lot of great features, and I think it'll really help you tell the story you want to tell. Yeah, so, I mean, editing's big in that sense. As far as, I mean, we both started with Canon cameras. I think that's funny. Yeah. And very telling that I had put down as a list here that definitely the cheaper entry level DSLRs. I mean, you hear a lot about mirrorless cameras nowadays, but I think as far as the from between like the 400 to maybe let's say $800 range of cameras, you really can't beat those entry level DSLRs. 
Yeah, those are really good. I put down, uh, you could consider a T5i like today. Yeah. It's still a great camera. Well, I mean, they start, the T6i starts at $400. Oh, yeah, consider that. Even a slightly used 70D, I, yeah. saw, I was seeing those on eBay for like four or $500, which isn't bad. Yeah. And um, some of the point and shoots too. Like, I think a point and shoot paired with really good audio will make a huge difference. Well, I think that definitely depends on what you're shooting. Um, if you are shooting something that requires you to have a small camera, yeah, point and shoot or, you know, your iPhone or a GoPro is good. But if you can afford to have the space, definitely go with a DSLR because the ability to have interchangeable lenses means that, you know, instead of having to buy a full new camera down the road, you can instead, you know, buy that, you know, 250 millimeter lens that gives you that extra zoom you wanted, buy a better prime lens to get, you know, better bokeh, better like cinema type look. And yeah, you have also hot shoe on camera usually. Absolutely. And that's great. And Canon, they have really great colors and they look great. And uh, a lot of great lenses as well yeah. for their cameras. And I think one of the more intuitive user interfaces for kind of changing settings and quickly on the go, they have great touch screens for making those changes. I think they're a great camera to start out with and um, uh, definitely something to consider early on. Oh, definitely. And I mean, as far as then the supporting gear that you need, I mean, I'm, I own two gimbals. I own a slider. I own several tripods. That has taken me almost 10 years to accumulate all that gear, uh, you know, just because you really, it, it costs a lot of money. Filming stuff on a, you know, like with good quality gear is very expensive. So, I mean, you can do what I did when I started is just, you know, find a lot of DIY stuff, find cheaper alternatives, make it work. Maybe you have to do a couple extra takes of something to get the shot right. But, you know, if you can save that money to get it and make it look almost as good, yeah. I think something I didn't realize early on is to get a tripod with a fluid head too. If you can True. afford it, find something that's reasonably priced with a fluid head. I was filming on a, it was like a, a telescoping tripod. Yeah. So for bird watching and it was so janky. My pans were uh, jittery and I didn't really understand like what was going, how are people getting these, these smooth shots? And it really comes down to getting that fluid head, being able to have really great pans and that'll really help as well. Yeah. Now there are a couple solutions that can help you get because I think ultimately there's different ways to get a good like production value, but one of the best ways is smooth camera movement. And so there has as prices have dropped on products, you know, one of the things I think is definitely something to look at is gimbals for smartphones. Uh, you know, the DJI has the Osmo Mobile 2. That's around $140, so that's a pretty cheap price to buy something that can be everything from, you know, something to stabilize your walking shots to almost kind of act as a video like slider uh, to really even a tripod or something that follows you and tracks you around as you move. So, yeah, I think that's something to do. Also, the new Osmo Pocket, which is basically a camera uh, and has is tiny, so that's good for shooting on the go. But it also, you know, super stabilized shots that even though the video quality might not be the best, the fact that it's stabilized and looks buttery smooth, that's, you know, it, yeah, it really adds. Incredible. It looks it looks professional. It's great to see, and you can do so much as as you said with your s smartphone, and and that's really amazing. And I think just getting started, figuring yeah. out what kind of content you enjoy producing, getting in the rhythm or the flow of producing content, and learning all the software. That's another huge aspect of creating videos. Yeah, editing is also the biggest. I would say I constantly with my drone videos I put up. People always say oh, like, um, you know, all this different things of like, oh, if only I had that drone you had or like uh, if I had the shots or like how do I edit this or like, yeah, basically like what a lot of people oftentimes will ask, how do I edit on my mobile device? And I, 
you can edit stuff on your mobile device, but I would ultimately say try to really learn a good computer editing uh, software system or suite. Uh, you know, even if it's something easy like, you know, iMovie or Windows Movie Maker, get to know it in and out, get to uh, really know how to use it. And then that's going to make your videos so much better because anyone can shoot, you know, pick up a camera and shoot video. Not everyone can edit a video properly. Yeah, that's so true. And, um, you know, kind of on a similar note, I use actually Apple Keynote to make a lot of animations yeah. and, and motion graphics. I'm totally cheating and bypassing the more professional suites like Apple Motion or Adobe After Effects. So you can kind of use workarounds to get the shots and things you're looking for. Yeah, no, that, that's really true. Um, yeah, I think that's overall though, it really is about just creating, don't get tied up on what gear you have. I know it's, it's really stupid of us as tech people to say that, you know, don't get tied up on what gear you have, but ultimately that's the truth. Use what you have, you know, yeah, you can, you can dream about, oh, if only I had this and, you know, you can save up to that in the future, but for the time being, you know, don't hold off creating, uh, the video that you upload today you're going to look back on in five years, no matter what gear you had today and be like, wow, I learned, I've learned so much from then. I mean, that's what I always do. Even though, you know, I thought, oh, the video I shot yesterday was really good. And then, you know, all of a sudden two years from now, I'm like, oh, wow, that is, what was I thinking? Right. And another great strategy is looking on YouTube, finding people you like and kind of identifying why you like their content and kind of looping back to audio for a bit, casually explained. He's using like terrible uh animations it's just like the quality of the video is poor yeah. but the quality of the content what he's talking about and the actual audio quality is very high so that that's really a unique aspect he brings to his videos well and that comes down to actually kind of a bigger thing of being successful on youtube it's not really about how high quality of your video you know video production is or whatever it's really about the story you're telling how you're telling it and you know that's gonna what's gonna keep the viewer a gonna draw them in. Yeah, you might have to do a little clickbaity title and you know the, the thumbnail that says "Oh, free iPhones." No, don't do stuff like that. But you, yeah, you might have to do some way to get them in. You know, put some good wrapping on the package. But ultimately, once you get them watching your video, even if you don't have the best audio and video quality, it's that really that quality that content. I mean, that they're gonna save. Uh, yeah, I think people are really looking for either something that's very informative that has the information they're looking for or something that's very entertaining and something yeah. that keeps them interested and engaged. Yeah. So yeah, that's really it. If you have a good idea, don't hold back till you get that new camera. Uh, you know, don't wait till you save up to get that new drone. Just go out and create the thing and, you know, help sharpen your creative tool and cr your creative mind and your craft. Cause that's ultimately is the more valuable thing that any tech product or gear out there. Absolutely. And I think that's all we have for the show today. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to episode three. Uh, if you aren't already subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, YouTube, SoundCloud, Podbean, and eventually we'll be on Spotify, please consider subscribing on one of those or all of those services if you really want an overload of our bi-weekly podcasts. Uh, and, you know, give us a nice rating, five stars, thumbs up, whatever they do on each platform. Also, we are on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, we'd very much consider, or we'd very much, sorry, appreciate you uh, considering to follow us on one of those and actually following us, not just considering it, because considering it doesn't give us that nice dopamine hit when we see, oh yeah, we got that extra follower. That notification that hits our phones. Oh baby, we got that extra follower. Yes. Yeah, that's, no. So follow us on that for not getting overloaded. You know, we, we upload 
uh, stuff to those or tweet out stuff not so often, so you won't be filled up. But you'll you'll get what you need it'll in be little the just tidbits. The right amount yeah. of a pinch to zoom. Absolutely. And that what is that handle that we have? Uh, pinch to zoom pod. Yeah, that's right. I was quizzing you. I actually did. I totally knew it and totally remembered it. Yeah, it's pinch to zoom pod on Twitter. Pinch to zoom podcast on Instagram, just because they had the ability to add more characters. And on on Facebook, if you still use Facebook, it's Pinch to Zoom Podcast, just spelled out normally, uh, because yeah, that's how Facebook works. So great! So thank you for joining us for this episode today, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Yep, I'm Gabe, and I'm Stetson. Thank you very much for listening. Peace out. I end it like I end my videos, don't I? I I don't know. I've I've missed a couple of your videos to be honest. <laughs> oh, that burned so much. Well, because it's been like camera comparisons. All right. I'm done. Okay.